What is up, guys? Talking with Tonka, episode seven. Yes, we made it to seven, people. Today, we have a very special guest. It's uh, he has very he has a lot of nicknames that I've given him. Uh, so we'll just start rambling them off. Curdy McGirt, Curdy uh, Gilmore. Uh, A.K.A. Kurt Gibson, A.K.A. Courtesy. What up, man? What's happening? Cause that's it. Can you explain how the Curdy McGirt came around? So that I way, mean, there's do no you want confusion. to explain it? Well, de- <laughs> I'll definitely explain it. But I think because so up, that's probably the one that I hear you say definitely the most often. I know it's like more of a friendship thing between yeah. you and I, but. Um, and I hope it's the same way. Otherwise, you were just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Otherwise, it would be a funny way that we found out. Um, but I think it was like around the Super Bowl run. It was right before like when Wentz went down. I was walking into Wawa one morning. I saw CBS like coming like right. I mean, I was wearing like all Eagles gear. Yeah. And at the time, Wentz went down. We were like, what, 12 and 1 or 12 and 0 or whatever it was. And Foles was coming in. And like the city, I just remember there was like memes all over the place, like people that were they were like, we'll never get it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, somebody just believe. And I think I was just like a little bit of frustrated mixed with all of that. And uh, did this silly interview. I shared it not too long ago. And um, <laughs> dude, it's still funny to this day to think about it. The reporter, after they get done giving you an interview, they ask you for your name. Yeah. And I was like, Kurt, K-U-R-T, Gibson, G-I-B-S-O-N. She was like, all right, great. Look for it like on the news, 5 or 6 o'clock, you know what I mean? Whatever yeah. station it was, I couldn't remember. I don't think I even told anybody. I was just like, you know, I'll just watch it, and it, you know, I'll probably get a text or two or whatever. Yeah. So I remember hearing it. I felt so good about what I had said. And right before like the words came out of my mouth, my name comes across the thing. It was like <laughs> South Philadelphian, Curdy McGirt. And I was like, <laughs> That's like, where it comes from. Oh my god! And like it, 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 from everything that I thought, people were going to be like, "Yeah, like you know this, that, the other thing." Like you're really right. Like we should really get behind the team. Everyone just made fun of like a name. They thought like I had jokingly given it to them, but I really, no. I don't know why. I didn't give them a Y. I didn't give them a C or whatever it might be. But that's where it comes from. If you ever hear Eric or anybody else call me, it's I that's think Eric's Kurt, probably the only. Yeah, I'm one. the only one probably gets that joke. To be yeah. honest with you, and it's, that's where it, it's funny because um, like. You know I'm your homie when I don't call you by your DJ name or I have yep. a nickname for you. Right? Uh, absolutely. So, and you know known me for mm-hmm. I, at I, least six or seven years now, which is yeah. weird to even say that out. Yeah. Though. So it seems now nah, it has to be longer. I try looking on 2017 our, at least. Yeah. That's when we started hanging out. For okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. It's, but that was that didn't mean that we were we didn't run. Yeah. Pay, yeah you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? I like that. It's just like more we found or less. common ground and like absolutely. I've talked about that on you know other podcasts where it was like. Surround, surround surround yourself with people that you want to hang out with and that they make you better. And mm-hmm. that's something I want to dive in with you, like your work ethic. Well, we'll get into that. Go ahead. Um, so like in the beginning, uh, it, like I was saying, uh, I always, if I, you know, I'm your boy when I never call you by your DJ name, I either call you by your government or a nickname. Right. So like, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> like when I see Montone, I call him Nikki or Nick. <laughs> What's up, Nick? You know, so like I just call Montel Montel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so that's how you know, like I'm friendly yeah. with you. It's like so, in case people are listening, and if I call you, like if I don't call you, if you want to find out if you're friends with Tonka, he'll call you something that's not your name. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or I'll like if you're a DJ and I call you by your straight government, that means we're we're friends. We're yeah, we're friends. At that point. <laughs> We've made it. That's We've made right. it to your friendship. Um, so I've talked about you on a couple podcasts now. I know at least one because I definitely heard it. I, <laughs> right. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, so it might so, be my fault. Uh, I, I always always uh, very boastful about Kurt's golf game. Thank you. Because <laughs> this kid, right? So we we were golfing. When did we go? With, when did we go at Nader? Right at the end of the season last year. Yeah, and that was probably the last time I played. Actually, believe it or not, right? You, and that was you the know. first time you played all year, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's it's, so. Like I said, the first and last time. So Kurt steps up to the tee box. He's this. I think he went first. 
I don't remember. It yeah. was like first or second. Yeah. So this guy hasn't swung a club all year. But so I think you took your son to the drive range or something. Yeah, something yeah. silly like so, that. I get to stretch it, but yeah. So this kid goes up just like riding a bike. Gets up, smacks it like two eighty straight. And I'm like, <laughs> this kid don't miss, right? So I get up there, shank one right into the woods, like you know I was gonna do. Yeah. Right? No, actually, I think I hit my five iron off the tee, like I normally do. I think you were self conscious because you were like, oh, he's back, like yeah, yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. You're like, you know what? I bet no. I remember you told me. I'm hitting my five iron really well, and you want to show us, and then it's <laughs> that just I, like yeah, it's just it, so my five super irons calm. hook. They hook right. They mm-hmm. hook. They don't slice. They hook. Mm-hmm. So it's like they, they don't know my last slices name. right left. Yeah, uh, is hook. If so it's, chance, I think the clubs remember. don't know that my last name is Vanderslice. So it's always <laughs> like it's always an obstacle. You know, yeah. and everyone has. It's always the the ongoing joke when I go golfing is, yo man, you have the perfect golf name. Is, is slice really a good golf name? No, I don't think it is. <laughs> That'd be a great uh, golf logo for you, like with shoes and stuff like. It's slice and it's just like a ball going off That's, to the right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so instead of like the Nike switch, like over, like over the slice like name, that would be All right, really maybe awesome. I'll have Scooter cook something up. For yeah, that it sounds like a good for idea. this season. This season. So how long have you been playing golf? Um, I guess I could dive into that. I actually I don't think I've ever told anybody about it. Aside I from know Kate. the story. Oh, okay. Maybe I told you because yeah. you golf like with me. But um, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, kid, like mm-hmm. uh, probably as young as my son, my parents noticed that I liked golf. Mm-hmm. It was also like when video games weren't really predominant. It was like the Sega Genesis stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But my father worked. On, he was a greenskeeper for FDR Park. Where yeah, so I was right. I said that on a podcast. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah, was, yeah. yeah, he was a greenskeeper. And growing up, it was like just something that we went and did. It was like four or five o'clock in the morning. My dad take me with him. With him, not every week. It was like on weekends when I wasn't going to school or yeah, anything. Yeah. But I just sit in the cart half asleep, and he, you know, watering cart. The sun wasn't even up yet, and we would hit golf ball. He would tell me like hit golf balls. This that the other thing. Um, but when I was a kid, like, and, and I, maybe this is where the practice part portion kind of came in. It was always practice. It wasn't playing. I don't think I had practiced like when I was a kid, kid from like from when I could really walk three or four years old till I was about eight and never played a full round of golf. Wow. Played a couple of holes. Yeah. But a lot of it was just a shag bag, taking it, chipping, putting, hitting the golf range. I didn't really actually know what the game of golf was. It was more or less like kind of drills like growing yeah, up. For sure. And I remember, I think my dad told me, and I could vividly remember the game itself. I don't remember as much, but my, the first time my dad actually kept score, I think I shot like a 111 or 112 or something like that. And I was like four or five, I think. Jesus. So, yeah. I shoot uh, that on the regular. I think I got, <laughs> I'm, I'm 39. <laughs> I think my dad said like they put me at the red tees and like they, yeah. but he took a genuine score like out of curiosity. I'm sure that, you know, give or take whatever it might be. Um I don't mean to dive super deep into no, it. No, I want you, you to. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, well, then by the time I was 11 or 12, I was able to qualify uh, for the club championship. And if you know anything about the club championship, they put them in flights. Um, a through D, D being the lowest, A being the kind of the number one. Yeah. I think when I was 12, I won the D flight. And it was like, you know, seniors and kids like me and this, that, the other thing. There were like... I think two rounds. So to be honest with you, it wasn't. My father was proud when I won, but it wasn't something that was like challenging or overcoming. But at the age of ten or twelve, you know, beating four or five people at that time was fairly. Yeah. What's it called? So I had at this by this time I had been on. I got invited to like Jay Leno. I got invited to Leslie. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, but I, I went I to never LA heard like this part. Yeah, I went to LA like a couple of times. My dad told me. I swear to God, and he showed me the contract. Physically, they were going to offer me seventy five grand to do like a little like TV show or something like that. Nothing like that I was involved with, but there's. De- I'm sure if you dive deep enough into Reddit or YouTube or something, you'll see me with like Nick Faldo or like there are a couple of different golfers. I met um, what's his name? I met Charles Barkley when he was terrible. Um, terrible. 
Nate. Terrible. I'm going to put that sound Peyton in there. <laughs> There's uh, Paint Stewart, I think was the name. Oh, God, it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he's the one that passed away. Before he passed away, yeah. yeah. So there are pictures of me that my parents have that I don't necessarily you know keep around my house it's something more or less that they love to have yeah yeah and i knew no offense i they take good better care of it so um <laughs> like front page of local newspaper but nothing crazy people are calling me like next tiger Woods or whatever it might be um but i guess just as you know time went on i was going into high school like that's where i started to really get into it so when i was 15 the i guess you could say the I was getting scouted for like colleges and stuff of that nature. Jesus, yeah. ASU was the first one to reach out to me before I even got to high school. I remember this part of the story. Yeah, yeah. So ASU had reached out to me at the time and they wanted to offer me a half scholarship. So it was something my dad was like, Do you, "Are you interested in getting involved?" And I was like, a- "I remember one guy in particular. I can't remember his name was shooting up ASU, and we both know ASU now is like one of the bigger party schools." He was like, yeah. "You should definitely check it out." But my father was like, "You could definitely get a full ride if." You know, before, yeah, he's like, if before you're even at the freshman year, um, chances are you might get something, even if it's not as big of a school, you might just be able to go to school for free. And that was like more or less what was a little bit more important because as you could tell at this point, if ASU knows about you through high schools, because I went to Catholic school, so I went to Newman Goretti, but Newman Goretti and Roman were the two that were kind of fighting, I don't want to say over me, but it was obvious through the programs and everything, they scout these kind of things to get yeah. people involved. Especially in, in, in struggling programs like yeah. golf. Yeah. So Roman had one and Newman Gretti didn't. Um, uh, or I'm sorry, they both actually did, believe it or not. I don't know why I even said that out loud, but Newman Gretti was very happy to have me. Right. Um, but they put us on a very strict schedule of like after school, we would go golf. We'd play nine holes and we'd have to walk, which was rough. We'd have to do that too. Yeah. yeah. So they you know, gave us a, a whole thing and all this, that, the other thing. And as time goes on, they keep score. Now, I know that they keep score, but to be honest with you, I had thought that we had just kept score. I didn't know that it was like long form, like they were keeping score and stats. Like if I had looked up, there were actual stats about it. And, they, you know, there was no checking. They would just go on out. They'd probably drink coffee in the clubhouse. And then when you came home, like they would hold each other accountable. So there were times that I'd be like, yo, do you mind? Like not me, but other people would be like, do you mind if I put a five down? Because it was match play. But they would still lose, but you'd still keep score and stats. And I'm like, if you're going to mark that you lost, but it don't really affect or bother me. But I wanted to keep legitimate score because I wanted to be honest with not only the club, but really myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so we went through all of that. We I don't think we really won anything that year, but our you know I got recognized in my freshman year. I was 14 or 15 as the overall best athlete in school. So I got invited to the senior banquet, and there's no way that they can really hide that. They're like, we have to invite you to this banquet. We can't tell you why. And I'm like, I'm a freshman. So my family kind of came. And at the end of everything, they were like, hey, overall best athlete. This, that, the other thing, my mom still has a picture and the trophy sitting on her mantelpiece that says best overall athlete 2006. Like, you know what I mean? Like for everything. So Holy shit. yeah, that was like a real big, after that it happened was when it really became for me, like with the schooling stuff. Yeah. Real. But unfortunately, like at that time, my family was kind of splitting up um, yeah. here and there. So that kind of went away because there were a couple of different things. But it wasn't like anything necessarily bad. It was just we couldn't afford to go to Catholic school anymore. And, you know, things kind of happened. Um, so during that time when I was kind of off, if that makes sense, because I couldn't go to that school anymore, I decided to re-enroll in the club championship. And I went into A flight. They wanted to put me in the B flight, but I actually went to A flight. Um I, I qualified second best at the time, which was neg- uh, one under and even were the two uh, practice rounds. But remember, too, that I'm playing at FDR. So this is a course that I regularly know. Like, I know what angles that I really want to work yeah. with it. But still, at the same time, they were like, this kid's 15. There's 300 people participating. 
he wants to play, and I qualified very easily for A-flight, which was good. Um, and the reason why I thought that it was good because when I qualified for A-flight, I had to play like a lesser seat. So I kind of got lucky. But the ultimate that put my school back on notice was that I in the I beat the first round. The second round was my golf coach for Newman, and I beat him. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. His name's Joe McMullen. He's a really great guy. He was super awesome. I beat him on 16 or 17. Um, and then that put me back on the map again for like re-enrollment for um, like that player of the year award. Yeah, but yeah. It, there was a lot, again, it was a lot of the, with the schooling stuff. They couldn't really do much. Um, and also at the time I was focusing so much on golfing that I was like neglecting my, my school studies. So that was another issue that they were having. As soon as that had happened, I turned everything around. I had to go back to a school for sophomore year and then went back to New McGrady junior year. But by that time, um, I don't know if you care, you know, about school, yeah. that kind of pulls you off or like they see that as kind of a red flag, if that makes sense. Like, why did he get pulled out of school? He's going to failing like this, that, the other thing. So if you're going to high school right now and you're listening to this, please don't mess up in any way. Yeah. yeah, yeah pay, do your homework and do that. But um, I, I, like I had said before, I enrolled in that A-Flight Championship. I went all the way till the very end um, where you have to play two rounds of golf back to back. So it's 36 holes. It's very interesting. We did that one, I, I did that one day. It was, that's tough. It's a lot. Yeah. So um, I had played the guy that had won three years in a row. Yeah. He was really great golfer. Um, I had him down the first half and then he had me down the second half. Um, and the, I think the toughest part about that when I was 15 was that I wasn't allowed to really necessarily have a caddy. It had to be me and him. So we had two carts and we would go, he would go and then I would go. So usually I had my dad that would tell me like, Hey, lay up, do this, that, the other thing. He would always coach me in that sense. And not having that was definitely nerve wracking because it was the first time that I was doing something on, a, on somewhat of a big level. Um, even though it's just a club championship, it's not that, you know, kind of huge. Um, but for them, the club itself, it was a really big deal because somebody was super young, was going to do it. They thought it would hit the local paper. They were like, you know what I mean? They were super excited about it. Um, we went to, you played FDR before, yeah. right? Yeah. I, for the end, we were even and Oof. I drove 18. It was like a 265. Yeah. I yeah. drove 18 and he birdied it and I eagled it. Um, I'm sorry. I was down one. I birdied it and I, he birdied it and I eagled it. And then we went into sudden death playoff. So it was like there was it was like the first time I had ever felt like somewhat like there was everybody up and down the car path following us like how you would see like yeah. PGA. I had never felt that before, and also it wasn't like when Howard DJing normally we're in front of people. So definitely like butterflies started flying. I remember when we went up to um, the T, which was the blue all the way in the back, instead of being like at the car path at the front, it was like kind of on a hill. Mm -hmm. I remember saying like I'm just going to drive this as absolute hard as I can. Because I don't want to be short for the second thing. I want to go for the birdie like immediately. You know what I mean? If I could make it in two, that'd be even better. Because he was he was definitely going to take three to get there. So in my head, I'm like, I got to swing this and it's got to be good. Um, it went straight, but it, you know, if we play golf regularly, yeah. it went off to the left just slightly in yeah. the rough. I hit the. Um, I remember coming up and hitting the green, but I two putt and he birdied and I lost. So that was very difficult for me, and I know that that you know, might sound like not the exact yeah. way that you wanted the story to kind of go. Um, but after that had happened, um, that was like the last stint when I was about 15 or 16 that I just stopped playing golf altogether. So I still like it, it was, you know, like high school had taken over my life. 
my parents had split up at the time. Like we were living in different houses. There was just like more of seriousness yeah. kind of going on. But from two to sixteen, I had been playing for fourteen years. Yeah. Um. So that just you know kind of was what it was. And then when you guys came around, we were like you know golfing became fun again. Yeah. And also, if you remember, like prior to really Happy Gilmore. It was kind of a boring sport. It wasn't yeah. like nowadays, like barstools, like they got people like drinking beers and yeah. if it was like that, I'd have probably been much more into if it. But like golfing, <laughs> yeah, golfing became a lot more cooler to the younger generation because I remember growing up, like it was a, called a boring kind of sport. Like even my friends were like, "Why do you play golf?" And it was like something, not something that I hid, but just more or less is like I just didn't tell other people. And then as I grew up, more people wanted to play. They noticed that they knew what I was playing and. People always ask me, like, why don't you play anymore? And this, that, yeah. and the third. Um, I'm glad that you could talk about it because that's like, because I, I didn't know half that. Yeah. I Well, I, I probably got the, the Cliff Notes version. Yeah. It's something that you don't really necessarily like to talk about because, a lot, like I said, a lot of the time there were a lot of different things that were leading up to all that, yeah. which were um, like, you know, they're, they're, they were already on the circuit of like being like, you're going to go to school for this like you're this is what you're going to do and i think it's disappointing now because you like to see like how awesome like they're treating golf now yeah and now with the uh what's the new liv is that the Lives, new yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that like it's just such an exciting sport now to watch but even at that well look at the guys you have now yeah like exactly Bryson hitting the ball like 409 people yards. are wearing funny clothes again it's like golf yeah. is exciting and i think that's the disappointing part to know that i could have been a part of that whether or not you actually become like a Tiger Woods or a Rory or something of that nature. But to have been involved in all right. that would have been really cool. You yeah, know, in I remember one day we were playing, you were murdering. And I'm like, bro, how much is it to get you in the amateur tour? I'll, I'll split it with 14, you. 14.5 five at the time. It's probably yeah. changed at this point. I would point. have split it with you. Yeah. It, it, you have to. I would that. have been your sponsor. <laughs> it's definitely different now because I, I don't know what happened. That We looked this up during COVID, like yeah. prior to yeah, COVID. Yeah. And we were like, if we put up 14.5, I have to completely, you know, pass. But we looked at like the disqualifications and some of them were like plus six. I'm like, I could definitely shoot under five if I practice oh, regularly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, And that's why it's, uh, that's where life, man, throws you these curveballs. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that was around the same time, believe it or not, that I found like DJing and music was, yeah. it was like I shifted my energy. Kind Can of. you imagine? Oh, I can't like, cause you like, I, I know I said this a million times already, mm-hmm. but like you're so good. So like, he's whoever's listening. He's being no. I'm he's telling being, you, dude. Like, I'll shoot like ten, twelve over, which is you know fairly average. I know, but for that's me. like that's barely playing. Yeah, like, and that's imagine? also you guys are the first people people to introduce me to drinking and playing. I had never. <laughs> I before I was just I, stone sober. I want to say the first time I ever went with you guys, like when, I'm talking about you guys. We have a it's, we call it we call, what, what do we call it on Snapchat? Like greens and beer, greens. Uh, we call it something. Teas and teas, teas and or greens, something like teas that. Yeah, greens. something like that. Yeah. So like you introduced me to Scott. Uh, mm-hmm. this kid, he looks like just like Scott from the Christmas story. His name's mm-hmm. Tim. I call him Scott. Uh, and then uh, this kid, Pat, but I call him Pete because mm-hmm. I could have, he let me call him Pete for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, bro, who's Pete? My name is he, Pat. Pa- he, halfway through, I think it was like on nine when we were getting a hot dog or like a beer or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He was like, does Eric know my name's Pat? And he was like, he keeps calling you Pete, just let it ride. And like, yeah. just, <laughs> yeah. So now he's, his, his, his yeah. name is Pat, my phone. Yeah. But so you, like, to be honest, that was the first time I ever got iced. On a, oh yeah on a, yeah we really uh, to be honest with you that story is kind of funny too because we had gotten Pat and I had just met that year yeah and him me Eddie 
my buddy Mike. Like, oh, yeah, Eddie. I forgot about We Eddie. all, like, we got the um, Mountain House at the time. It was probably one of the more fun weekends. That, I I, really I, that was the remember. one I, where I met everybody. No, 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 no. That was the second year. Oh, that so was the, the first second. year oh, was okay. like, we're going to do it. But that second year, we were like, you got to come. Yeah, because Tim wasn't in the, I think I took Tim's spot. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. That, man, just like, it was just, it was a corny thing that we all thought was funny. And then it I just I love became, when that video comes up of me DJing in the living room and you're jumping on the couch <laughs> like a crazy person. But it's funny. Back then, you look like you're, like, really look like your brother. So like if you you think I think he came with us too. Yeah, he was yeah. there. Yeah. Cuz he we remember when do it for state was like popular. We made I do that, remember we, that we made that thing out front with like the Roman candles and all. Yeah. I have videos of it. You know what's funny? Do it for state reposted a uh when we played golf together it was me, you, Craig Dash and somebody else. It was a golf shot that I had hit just like perfectly smooth and it like they had reposted the shot like you know what i, I mean like i filmed that. it up i do because i remember sending it to you being like yo you were like no way like we, it was like five years ago whatever it is, what it is. i'll send you the shot after this yeah so yeah that's it. oh my god yeah. uh we i want to say we used to go golfing what two three times a week oh my god yeah no responsibilities just drinking all day eating cheesesteaks after uh, we were finished yeah even when you didn't want to buy them right kurt yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's kind of i know you're gonna nail this in but i know that you you were like you'll buy me a cheesesteak if you i'm like i guess and you were like yeah you lost like blah, blah. like all right whatever I don't cheesesteak really bitch so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i was it. just like yeah that's fine but that's it's but, funny. Well, at that time too like you were still really just learning how to golf yeah so, like yeah. It, well no i've been playing since i was 16 Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. I, was, I just I know that you school. really, you really dove into it. Yeah, like yeah. Five so or six I played in. Ago. I played in high school. I, you know, I played. You know, the number six or seven guy on the team. Like I wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad had had gotten me like a rusty club set from like. I told my dad I wanted to play golf, and he was mm-hmm. like, well, "You know, clubs are expensive. Let's go to a couple yard sales, see what we can find." You know, and there was a big one in Bed Salem that I used. I grew up in Bucks County, and he found me this rusted ass set. You know, what I mean, it was ugly. <laughs> And it got me on the golf team. Yeah, like, I, got, I was good enough to get on the golf team, right? Yeah. And then he was like, "All right, you're taking this a little more serious." Him and my mom were in Sam's Club one day. Bought my brother, me and my brother, two uh, two Spalding sets they found there for like a hundred bucks. Came yeah. with a driver, came with everything. So I had with that for a while, and then I, you know, eventually upgraded on my own as I got my own, you know, yeah, yeah. my not my adult money. You yeah. Know? And then when I first met you guys, I got my first set of Callaways that I, I didn't know how to hit. So like. You you know what it's like when you get new clubs. It's really hard. One hundred percent. So I got Callaway X twenties, and I was like, oh god. So it was like playing golf, learning how to play golf all over again, right? Yeah. And then I got them regripped and couldn't hit shit. I was like, I don't know, the guy put them on wrong or whatever the frig. So I went and bought my clubs now, my one lengths, and I love them. I That's was, awesome. Yeah. And I remember we were talking about getting fitted and everything. Yeah. That was something that did I did. That. Yeah. That was well. Again, I had my clubs from high school when we started playing. Yeah. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, everything felt really short. Yeah. And I was, at, we were playing so often. And at the time, again, no, you know, fiscally, either fiscally irresponsible or just being able to do it. I think I went the cheap way about it, but I just remember being like learning how fast my swing was or which way I hit the ball. And, yeah. So I remember this vividly because you yeah. found the clubs that they recommended on eBay without grips. Yeah. And all I had to right. do was grip them. And they wanted me to pay like four grand, five grand. Yeah. And I, I found them, I found the iron set on there for like 500 bucks. Took him to Dick's, got him gripped for like seventy bucks or whatever it might be. So I saved a ton of money. Oh yeah, but they're just, great clubs. hundred percent. Right? Yeah, yeah, and that was it, it, the bigger thing that was important to me was which one I hit better. So if there was something where I'm getting three, four yards extra, I was like, that'll be fine because I really, if if I'm being honest, Titleist was like what I had grown grown up on and I really loved. But I hit the apex like three or four yards better, two or three yards straighter, and I was like, I'll just be okay. And Callaway's a pretty decent like yeah, brand. Very forgiving, too, exactly. Yeah. So I think those are things that probably pros talk about too 
where like everything's so now in the you know we probably see music the same way in a sense that different from other people but golfing for me is like very different in that aspect too yeah where some people are like i have to have titleists i'm like that doesn't mean yeah. they're good for you it just means that you really want them you yeah know what I yeah mean? Like, it's like when someone wants to play a certain ball you're like all right come on pal yeah exactly I I, to, well there I, are i only need to hit pro v1s like, yeah you just start golfing yesterday and, and you're gonna laugh at me but pro v1s are definitely my favorite golf oh i ball. know they are yeah but i think um I think for sure, like, you should certainly just test out all equipment, no matter if it feels too... I mean, if you can hit a top-flight driver really great, like, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't use it. Yeah. But those are the reasons why probably most golfers are interested, like, with their sponsorships and everything. I'm sure money has to play, like, a big part of it. Um, but at the same time, like, if you hit a Callaway driver really well, it you know, any anybody's going to be like, yeah, I don't care what it says on it. I would prefer to be able to hit the ball through. Yeah, for sure. So. And- so one thing I, I love about my podcast is uh, every guest I brought on, I learned something new. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously I knew, you know, uh, and you probably weren't going to come in here and expecting to talk about golf. No. So that's <laughs> why I don't like to script this. I, yeah. I, I kind of like to let it roll and look what happened. I mean, we rolled about the golf and now I'm learning. I got the Cliff Notes version on the course one day, but now I have the full thing. I think also being able to tell the public, if that makes sense, like yeah, in the yeah, sense yeah. Of that this is recorded. So instead of having to have this awkward conversation over and over again, I like, think that was go the... Li- go listen to episode yeah, seven, just like, the just first go, 25 minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's really just the aspect is not having to relive the moment over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, like I said, I don't mind telling you because we're kind of in a, you know, in a room by ourselves. But yeah. at the same time, like being able to, I wouldn't say let go of it or just like be able to talk about it. It, it, it is difficult because people remind you constantly of like, why didn't you? Why didn't you? My why bad. didn't you? No, it's not. It's again, it's I think being able to play regularly again. And now that the DJing thing's really helping and taking off a lot, it's it's feeling a lot like it's meshed, if that makes sense. Because yeah. the golfing for me was definitely something that I just knew fit me. Right. And it took 13 or 14 years to really understand that mentally for myself. And now we've been doing, at least I have been doing the DJing for 13 or 14 years now. And yeah, it's a couple, beginning you're a couple to, less than me. I'm like 17. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It's really beginning to hit me in the same way that I was like, I can do this. You know what I mean? Whether or not you're the best or you're going to be on somewhat level, being involved is what I was saying. The same thing on Kev's podcast yeah. is what makes me happy because I'm just a player in the game. It's like we're all playing basketball. There's six of us on the court, and I just get to be the power forward or the center or the point guard or whatever it is. Yeah. It's just fun to be with your friends doing what you really love to, playing music that you really love to. And I think that it's having that again has been really wonderful that's awesome. because i don't get maybe that's why i feel a little bit more comfortable talking about it you yeah know yeah I mean? you're you gonna put a club in little kurt's hands or what he's already yeah that that was the reason why we go to the golf range to see how he's interested in it but um i certainly think that the biggest aspect of doing that is just doing it every day so if if i took him every single day over to do that eventually he would grab onto it so if you have a little one of your own whatever you want them to gravitate towards you have to let them do that Every single day. Well, not every single day, but my dad told me one time that he had recorded on the calendar every day that he had taken me to the golf course after school. And it was like 64 days in a row up until he was like, Dad, I have to stay home today. (laughs) Like he said that I wanted, he wanted to stay home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But take a sip of water if you need to. (laughs) That's so, you know, I can't wait. You know, to have a kid of my own one day because uh, I'm going to be one of those parents that like try to figure out what sport they're good at and really drive that shit home. <laughs> right now, because my son's two and my next son, his name's going to be Caden. 
He'll be here next month. Congratulations. Watch it. Thank you. I appreciate it. The biggest thing that I've noticed in at least eight cares, because at the time, I remember that it was during COVID, and COVID, we were so worried about whether or not he was going to be the first group of kids that didn't get social interaction, and worrying about whether or not he was going to, which is something that I don't think any parent should really have to deal with. So the moment that we could get him around other kids, we knew that he was going to get sick. We were just excited that he would feel somewhat normal because two years before people were saying that their first graders are kind of falling behind because of the fact that they're not in school they're playing around yeah. with games or doing what, you know what i mean whatever it might be so the moment that we could be able to send him we were very excited and now he does really well around younger kids which uh, you know good. the social interaction was very important for us that was a very tough year you know for you know schooling and you know because i was working in a school at the time so like just seeing like they, these kindergartners not having social interaction. 100%. And when they came back in school, they don't know how to act. And that affects them for the rest of their life. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And I don't think that information affected me up until it was in front of me that I, I'm dealing with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the one big thing that you definitely see about kids, and you probably have seen maybe on social media or whatever it might be, is like bullying, regardless of what you like, is is very predominant. You see the kids push each other. Yeah. And a lot of times it's kind of awkward because if your kid hits my kid or vice versa, we can't really do it. We're like, oh, no, don't do that, this, that, the other thing. So I'm noticing very quickly, um, the first thing I'd love to get him enrolled is some sort of martial art. So that way, growing up as... He can he, protect himself. Exactly. I think those are the two things that are really important to me. Um, I think it's something that I'm probably going to get into to get them into. Hopefully, as time goes on, I'm able to be able to afford that because I hear it's really expensive. Yeah. Um, but I think the first couple of years is just social interaction, being able to get them around, like jumping around each other. And, you know, kids just kind of being kids with the intention that as... He gets older, takes it a little bit more seriously. I'm not really looking for him to be a fighter. I think just more or less is being able Defend to himself. feel confident to be yeah. able to them himself, so both of them. So I think that's the first thing for me anyway. Maybe like boxing or something. It doesn't really matter what it is. It's just more or less is that they're having a good time, yeah. that they're together. Um, and that was the reason why Kate and I wanted to be able to have a second son because we wanted them to be able to um, – you know, big brother, little brother, yeah, yeah, each yeah. other. How 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 many years apart are you and your brother? We're five. Five. Um, okay. I'm, I don't know if I'm comfortable telling you why we're five apart. No, but it's fine. There was supposed to be a young a, a brother in between me and Christian. Okay. So a lot of you know what I mean. I didn't know this up until I was much older, but my brother told me about it, and then I confronted my parents, and they had told me about it. So, um, as time like kind of went on, there is supposed to be me another child which would have been my brother or sister, and then Christian. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So that my image of family was always that there would be three of us. Right. So, you know, I'm on. I'm obviously on two. I'm hoping to be able to have a third. Yeah. Um, but that I'm glad that you're 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 going to be able to paint that picture. Yeah, yeah, I think, and I think everyone has that in their. Own. There are some people who are like, I just don't want kids, and I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I knew that's my brother. He doesn't want. Kids. Yeah, and that, and that's fine. I think for everyone's image, but there are people certainly they know in their own head. At some point, whenever that is, yeah. I would like to have. Did you and Kate want kids? Uh, well, certainly, you know. Um, well, obviously, you have one, but I mean, was yeah. like, was that something you guys were thinking about? I like, think, I want. Well, kids, her I... and I were just making sure that we were very excited to be with one another, and I think we were certainly going down that path. Yeah. Um, as time kind of progressed, we were talking about getting more seriously. I think that Kurt had happened, and we were very excited about that, and we knew we were like, "Hey, is this this is like a forward or backward type of moment?" And I think both of us were like, "Yeah, let's see where this kind of goes." Love that. 
it was unfortunate that COVID happened like two or three months into that. Yeah. Because we lost the exciting aspect that most people get to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Kate was unable to have a baby shower. We were nervous whether or not I was going to be able to be in the delivery room. I couldn't go to any of the, like, I went to the the last um, meeting at the time that I was able to find out was if he was a boy or a girl. And we had had the party the same weekend that like everything was looming around. Being I rem- like, I remember watching that online. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a video I think you posted, or your brother might have posted mm-hmm. uh, the gender. I think it was like a gender reveal, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was that weekend that like we were trying to not really talk about it, but we were like, you know, this is kind of at the time too. You don't know how serious it is. Everyone's like kind of in the background, so we were like, let's just post something nice because um, we were thinking about waiting on it or whatever it might be. But Kate was super excited. Um, to obviously be pregnant and everything. It was with Kurt. Kurt was obviously, like, as soon as we found out with a boy, we were like, it's going to be Kurt. Actually, yeah. I don't want to say I'm nervous, but, like, when Caden came, like, it's going to come around, we had never thought past the first child, so you don't really know. Because yeah. if I was just like, what do you want to name your second kid right now? You'd be like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know what uh, I mean? Like, it was, yeah, it's something that you have to really kind of think about. I would certainly say if you have a child or you're, you, you and your girlfriend, man, well, you got to say man friend now or whatever it might be. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, if you're going to have a child, I for me it was like saying it over and over again. It was like just in the back of my head, it'd be like, "Can I get around this?" If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, there yeah. were about three names that we were going around, and Kate really liked Caden, so I was just like, "That's fine, we can, you yeah. know, go." You into gave me the first direction. one. Well, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it was. She was like, "I really, really like." I didn't get a say in the first one. I was like, "That's okay." It's like you know, I just knew I wanted a son named Kurt. Because yeah, it's of funny. Me I tell the father. story how my name, my name, my government name when I was first born was Evan Eric. Oh, um, really? My dad didn't like the way it sounded, so he switched it and never told okay. my mom until the birth certificate wow. came in the mail. That is a wild story. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I'm going to name uh, if I ever have a boy, I might, I'm going to name him Evan. And See, my mom. and you already know yeah. that about you. I think, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. like I said, I think most people know that about themselves. I would like a junior, but what are you going to do? <laughs> it is what it is. But you know what's funny? Um, little backstory about it. My grandfather who passed away in 2018 just saw the Eagles win the Super Bowl, so I was super excited about that because my yeah. family has a, a big history with the Eagles, um, he had always wanted to see me have a child. So my middle name is John, but we had switched it, even though Kurt's a third, to Joseph because that was my my grandfather's middle mm. name. So Kurt's technical name is Kurt Joseph Gibson the third, even though it should be John for the third. But I was like on technicality, I'm like I'm okay with you know changing it and still giving yeah, him yeah, the third yeah, name. Yeah. So hey, it's your that's, kid. Do yeah, so we could just keep it with jay and nobody would really even yeah. notice if they didn't ask live your so, life man yeah um so uh djing mm-hmm. let's get into that yeah of because course. you are one of the hardest working dudes thank you man. Right? i appreciate that like when i when people say like oh tonka you're so busy I, i'm like go look at kurt man <laughs> you know I, yeah. you know granted you have like three mouths to feed, well including yourself three mouths yeah, 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 maybe yeah. Four, four mouths to feed so like your hustle is crazy five six if you count my cat my dog so. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah your yeah. dog probably eats a lot he probably yeah, eats like he human. probably eats the, the mm-hmm. amount of your like the weight of your cat and yeah. your food um so like you're one of the hardest working dudes i know i appreciate that no problem man tell me tell me how you got there um Saying yes to everything, like that movie Yes Man, kind of yeah. just like, you know, you can see how the progression of that kind of goes in, where it's like you get involved in a couple of things that don't really necessarily make sense. And then as time goes on, you kind of mold not only yourself, but knowing where you want to go. Um, I think I'd said this on Kev's podcast. It's like some yeah, people shout are like, out to Kev Nichols one yeah, time. Yeah, Kev, Kev's really awesome when I went on his podcast. Shout out to him. Um, at the same time, like it was it just getting started was like everyone's like hesitant to start and if you just start you'll 
kind of figure out where you're going. Maybe each, you know, kind of, I always thought of it kind of like a highway and each exit was a way to be able to go down a different path, but I could always get back on the highway and get off or never return to a place that I don't really necessarily want to go. And as your roadmap kind of opens, you know where you want to go, where you want to revisit, where you thought that you would never come back or they change a place or a venue, and now you want to get back off onto that exit and try that venue or do whatever. So that was kind of how I always saw it. I know it's probably a weird or corny transition to kind of talk no, about it. Fine, but um and, and again, I think I'm repeating myself kind of what we were going before, but I think everyone's timeline's different. And that was something that I didn't really necessarily know going in. You always think like, oh, I have to put in my time or my yeah. effort or my this, that, the other thing to really uh, learn. And you're seeing people nowadays coming up almost instantly sometimes. It's crazy. And it's, you know, it can be frustrating for yourself to watch somebody go over being like, you know, they come TikTok famous, but they haven't put in the effort or the the time right. to really become that person, if that right. makes no. sense. And me and Nine talked about this on episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of go to your point how these, like Philly, there's is a plethora of us. Oh yeah, we are. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm I'm grateful that the culture and everything is still alive and well, or mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to be a full time DJ yeah. again. You know, so I'm very thankful for that. But um, so it's kind of it's kind of gonna go. It's kind of we're kind of got to stray away from what you just said just for a second. No, go ahead. Um, cause me and you talk about equipment and places and this, that, and the other thing. Right. So mm-hmm. I book you at a venue, right? Yep. So mm-hmm. this is hypothetical, obviously, uh, for now coming soon. Um, <laughs> so I, I have a venue, two CDJs S11. Yep. Okay. Which is my preferred method. Right. Anyway. Well, yeah. That's why I bring yeah. it up. So you're, you're not, you're not, you don't never use that equipment before you want to bring your controller. I tell you, you can't, you got to play on what is there at the mm-hmm. venue. Your answer. Um, if you're maybe, a younger maybe you don't like maybe you don't like my answer or maybe this is the way that I think or that I was brought up you need to conform to what's being asked of you in my opinion that's just the way that I feel about it this year or earlier this year I know you know that I bought a 900 a venue that I had wanted to play was like this is our equipment that's what you want to do it's my job as a DJ to learn how to manipulate and do it around so this that. is why I asked you that question yeah because so. that's exactly how I feel about it right. I mean I'm not. If any venue is asking you to play on something that's subpar and refuses to do it, then you should use that as be like, well, they probably don't care about what it is that we're doing. Um, I'm sorry, were you going to say something? Yeah, just because um, this is my point is these younger DJs that are coming up just using controllers. Where I came up, you know, I went from CD players to turntables back to CD players to a controller, right? Yeah. But I use text for uh, for my 17 year career. I probably have used text nine of them. Yeah, I, mean, I, was I remember your CDJ setup. Like yeah, it yeah. Was that that was the one that I remember the most camo of you. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And actually, you know who you know who they were? Mm. Chris Perry's. Really? Oh my god! That's why I'll never. Do you sell still have them? them? Yeah. Good. I'm glad. That makes me I'll actually really happy. Them, ever. I, uh, the same. I got them from Koa. I bought uh, them from Koa. Qua. But Qua. yes, <laughs> yeah. Qua. That looks like Koa. No, it's like yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, shout out to Qua. Qua helps out big time over at the Spirit of Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. The reason why I bring it up because you have a great perspective on that. And we've had mm-hmm. that conversation. I don't know if you remember me asking you that before, but because like Kurt is like the hoarder of equipment. I I'm am. like, yeah, why absolutely. are you doing that? And he explained to me. So that's one of the reasons why I want to ask you that. So if you can give information to a younger DJ, right, that's coming into Barstool, right? Yeah. And we have our normal setup, yeah. you know, two, two, um, two CDJ 2000s and an S9. Yeah. Right. What's your advice to them if they can't move it? I I honestly think you need to learn on it immediately. I I think younger guys too. And, and let's let's try and remember that we're trying to take an uh, older mind to a younger mind. They're not going to see it that way. 
because what's going to happen is they just feel comfortable. You know, they're not they're they're just nervous being in front of a crowd. I think a lot of the time they just are like, this is what helps me feel less uncomfortable. Whereas I'm like, all right, I've already done that. I need to get uncomfortable to be able to get myself comfortable into what setting. So I think if you can kind of from the bat know what you want to play on and get comfortable around that. But number two, in the venues you want to be in, what do they play on? What is it that they use regularly? And how can you mimic that? The only way you can really mimic it is buying it and using it regularly. Of if, you know, if that's financially right. irresponsible and of you. What, what, what do you think about them going to the venue, watching the people play on that equipment, maybe watching YouTube videos and everything? And oh, just all saying, of that. I did all Let's of that. Go. Yeah. yeah, I did all of that. And at some point, you just got to dive into the pool. The first time, the first time I stepped foot in dusk, um, I was opening for Sat. I won a DJ competition through, through Mad River Old City. And Sat had two turntables and a 57 at the time. Mm-hmm. I was set up because I was not I was the opener. I was on a 900. Mm-hmm. I never touched a 900 in my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking into the biggest venue I've ever played in my entire life. And you know what I did? I adapted. I figured it out. Yeah. I figured out what's the easiest way I can use this mixer and get away with it. And that's yeah. what I did. And I think that 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 hunger and that that is lost in the, the nightlife oh, right yeah, now. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's lost. Yeah. Like, no one overcomes and adapts. I go ahead. because all you're gonna say? because yeah. they make it so easy for you to just move the equipment and put your what you're comfortable 100%. with. 100%. I think that's it's up to us too cuz like yeah. but that's having, why like, equipment gets ruined. Oh, because it just oh yeah, well it's I mean moved that's moved and yeah, everything. people someone's always going to spill a drink on something or do something, but it's it, whether it's up to the venue or the booking agent or whoever, just someone do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. someone get it fixed or do whatever. But it's you know, as a DJ, I'm not going to allow that to deter me from bringing I'm like I need to still sound crisp, so I'm going to bring everything with me with whatever it is. That, is it a pain in the butt? Sure. But if it's going to make sure that every time that the staff's happy, that the people are happy, that I keep getting booked, that's more important to me. Mm-hmm. So it's non-negotiable that I'm bringing everything with me because I can't sound like myself. just Unless over the they have a suitable... Absolutely. Okay. I mean, just over the sequence, prime example. I love You know uh, Quinn that DJs with us over at Shenanigans? Yeah. So Quinn, wonderful guy, super nice dude. Literally, he's like, I would never do this, but he's like, I know that you got to go to and from two different places. I'll leave you my turntables. It had been a while since we were on turntables, but I showed up early just to be able to cut a little bit and like mess around. The left-hand side turntable, the torque oh, was a little shit. messed up. So my cutting didn't sound as crisp as it normally did so i'm gonna cut less i noticed you were on turntables that day yeah and uh, but it was really just you know moderately to be able to get to and from but this is the reason why i was talking about buying a rev 7 because just being able to unplug plug and just go was probably so it's the only reason real reason i want controllers to be able if i have a quick gig to be able to unplug and save time getting to and that's why i have one yeah but that's still it's not gonna if i know that i have only this gig that day i'm still gonna still bring like yeah 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 yeah. so um but i've Sorry, we got kind of lost. What we were yeah, talking so about back ago. back to what we were talking about. We went off on a little tangent. Yeah. Another thing you would hear a lot here on Talk of Batanka, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever. Uh, it's my podcast. I do what I want. So, <laughs> um, like I was saying, you're the hardest working DJ probably in Philadelphia. I appreciate that. Thank you. Like, literally. Uh, <laughs> when I look at your schedule sometimes, I'm like, Jesus, dude. Do yeah, you I, I don't say no to pretty much and anything. The reason why I brought up uh, in our, you know, our, our, I guess you could say SEG, Smooth Event Group meeting mm-hmm. last night, yeah. is. We have a lot of guys on the team now. We right? do. And Which... me, me and you, I think, um, me, you, and like Hollywood, uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head who kind of does all this. I think it's us, us three, um, I'm pro- and Smooth. There's yeah. four of us. 
that will do a gig from you know five to nine and then go play somewhere else ten Easily. to two. Yeah, and I think you know the four of us. There could be some other people. I'm thinking. Um, There's definitely is, and yeah, we're just yeah. going to give them credit. Yeah, if we, if we we're just going to give you guys credit. I'm, you yeah. know, I'm, you know, if you whatever. know who you are, if you know. <laughs> so yeah. you know, us being like that mm-hmm. and being hungry, mm-hmm. um, and that, that's something I commend you for because. Um, like you were, you were so focused on the spirit of Philadelphia for a while. You yeah. weren't really doing nightclubs. I, to be honest with you, the reason why I did that is because it was able to keep me. I got to quit my job to full time DJ. Yeah. So it was an immediate switch. But the volume of work was oh my god! I didn't realize what I had taken on. I need. I couldn't just fill it myself. So it had taken some time for me to be able to switch. And I knew at the time that doing just private events really did not make me, right. I, you know, yeah. doing oh, yeah. six, oh, seven a week, like yeah. even more than that sometimes. Like, I sucks. Knew, yeah. I, well, I just remember wanting to be doing what we're doing right now. Right. And that's why I was saying that mm-hmm. is because I feel like you jumped on the scene so quick mm-hmm. and it just, it sucked you in and you're still here. And it's, oh, it's yeah. great to see because a lot of people would have took that as overwhelming. And like I said, your work ethic is just like mine, like Hollywood smooth. And you're not afraid to do doubles and all these other things. And, no. you know, and it's incredible to see, man. Thank it's, you. I appreciate it's, that. Cause there's not many DJs that, um, will do that. Yeah. Don't, they won't do two in one day. And we're working at, I, I think you're doing that day lewd, right? The, yeah. Uh, I did the next, no, the next one. Probably. Uh, yeah. yeah. I just, maybe I just didn't talk. So, about it um, smooth i think i kind of i kind of got you don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) so i'm doing a gig from 12 to 2 and then going to that and Mm -hmm. dropping in like probably a two three hour set at day load and then i'm going to barstool at night yeah so i'm doing a triple in one day yeah and a lot of people will be like vomiting at the thought no a standard shift in 2015 16 because the volumes kind of changed after covid we would do a lunch cruise a midday cruise a dinner cruise and then a midnight one till two and then do it again the next day so they used to call it a quad but a lot of the time, I'm being honest, it was paid practice. I was able to cut, mess around, and a lot of people weren't really paying attention to what it is that I'm doing. But it was just, I was constantly doing it, constantly doing it, constantly doing it. Mm-hmm. And I just love it. It's so weird to just say that out loud, but like getting paid is great to be able to DJ and make money. But like I'm just doing this because I love to do it, really. And it's, it's, it sounds cliche. It sounds like, you know, this, that, the other thing. But like, I can't be in a venue and not want to be behind the DJ booth. But you have to subside that in yourself sometimes, right? You want to give whoever's time it is for them to shine and enjoy the spotlight. Yeah. Like last night where we were just all kind of hanging out. Um, I think just more or less is like it's 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 like an itch I want to scratch. Or like yeah. it doesn't matter how big or small the venue is. I just really would love to be around it. And it's, yeah. it's tough to um, – that's Eight why more. I started DJing. Yeah, I hurt myself breakdancing. I, you know, I wanted to be around it still, so I learned how to DJ so I can break the DJ breakdancing bot- battles and stuff like that. But then, you know, my opportunity at Tiki Bob's and I started DJing there, Club Two Seven, all these other places. I really didn't have time to. Mm-hmm. I kind of just got thrown into DJing, and people found out you're a DJ. They're like, oh, come play my party, come play my party, come play my party. Because back yeah. then there wasn't a ton of us. Yeah. So it was like real easy for me to get work. Yeah. You know what I mean, it was so easy. And I'm sure, and you, I was good I'm at. Sorry. It. No, sorry. No, <laughs> I was actually pretty good at it. So I was like, and not you know too my own horn but like djing in a nightclub like tiki bobs where it's like completely open form i'm playing crazy bitch by buck cherry and then going into a hip-hop record yeah you know sounds I mean? like you sure right now right yeah, yeah. it sounds like a shenanigans yeah set. so mm-hmm. um it was very fun poppy bar but you got to play rock you had to play hip-hop reggae um country you had to play it all mm-hmm. so that's why when people hear my sets now i'm still in that party rock atmosphere when i'm yeah. playing this is that's just what i'm very comfortable with and um you know, I thank that. I think I thank that gig every day. Yeah, there was a lot of people 
managers actually uh, recognize this, and I and, and they tell it to me all the time. When you work here, um, we get we 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 make the most. That's great. That's yeah. it. And you need to know that about yourself right. too. You know because what I mean? you know I'm shouting out the bartenders like I did at Tiki Bob's. Of you course, know, I'm shouting. You know, if there's a drink special, then I'm shouting that out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I know how to cycle people. Yep. Right. Because like that's like something at Tiki Bob's we learned is how to mm-hmm. cycle people. Right. So your dance floor is packed. Right. Yep. You're playing "Crazy in Love" by Beyonce because that was a hit record in yep. like what '99. Yeah. So it's like, you know, popping off. Everything's everybody's dancing, having a good, good. time. Now the 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 manager was like, "All right, play." You know. Uh, I can't, can't think of the song. He would come up and ask me. To it would play. be like a rock song or something, yeah, right? Say, be play something Crazy random. Bitch, right? Yeah, 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 Half yeah. these people are going to go to the bar because they don't like that song. Yeah, and right? that's kind of what they want. The bathroom, yeah, they're like, right? okay, send these people to the bar. So when people, like I do a transition now with Sweet Home Alabama and a ballin'. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually really good if you ever heard me do it. Uh, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I do throw those kind of curveballs at the crowd because they're like, what the fuck? And they yep. go get a drink, and by the time mm-hmm. they get that drink, guess what song's coming on? Balling. And they're like mm-hmm. back on the dance floor. With right back through it, yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm really good at cycling people, and I think that's why bartenders are always saying like, hey, man, we make so much money when you're here. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, and then I pick a bartender like Hendo at Shenanigans. Mm-hmm. I say it's his birthday every time I'm there. So it's his birthday like four times a summer. Mm-hmm. And he... He gets more tips. If That's they don't great. know him, he gets more tips. That's actually really good to know. Yeah. 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 So they That's say it's his birthday. And people are like, oh, shit. Like, let's make it rain on this guy. You I, know? I remember you asked me to ask you a question. Maybe this is actually okay. a really appropriate time because yeah. we were talking about it. I know for sure that there are certain times, whether or not you deserve it or not, that you're going to get criticism mm-hmm. for what it is that you're playing or how you're playing. Or even though you might feel like you're playing the right set and it's not working or maybe it was working and other people don't see it. You know what I mean? Like more or less as we can see that the crowd is really feeling it, but maybe the manager or the is like, Hey, switch it up. When in reality, that's not the real, you know, decision that you think you may, you know, I think that we should stay in this direction. I think you make more money, whether or not that's the right answer, whatever. I think just more or less is like with criticisms in terms of, um, Hey, we didn't, you know, people are never going to say they don't like you. They'll yeah. just, you know, they'll say it behind your back maybe or not, whatever it might be. Huh. But maybe you hear that on, you know, on the low. Maybe you hear something like that. How do you deal with that? Like, is there anything that you do? You just let it roll off your back, or is it like, depends, man. Yeah. Like, as I get older, um, I don't know if you're representing uh, the story I just told you, but um, so recently, I'll just put the recent story. Mm-hmm. I played at a venue for a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't, you know, take, I know what you're talking. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, take yeah. A swig. yeah, no problem. So I played at a venue. Uh, it was a far, right, pretty far away. Um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I was late getting there, uh, and their th- whole thing was, you know, um, uh, you know, when the song because their their system was weird, whatever. When the song was over, that's when I bring my song up because then mm-hmm. their house system will cut off, right? I, I do. I learned that the hard way, but I only learned because I came super early, not know. But yeah, I know yeah, exactly yeah. what you're talking about, right? Yeah. So I played, it's not something you would know. You're like, okay, switch me over, but they're like, no, we already have it. Switch right. Over. So I yeah. played the whole night. People are having fun, you know, mm-hmm. you know, dancing, singing, and then the sing alongs kind of didn't work. So when you lowered the volume, their house system came back up. So that was shitty. But oh yeah, um, that's an unfortunate thing that you yeah, don't think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. playing like party up or like make me lose my mind. They don't sing it. So and then the towards the end of the night uh i think it was like 15 minutes left someone yelled out this dj fucking sucks oof. right and it turns out it was the bartender Ooh, double oof. i didn't find that out till i was like leaving he was like intoxicated they put him in the back room because he was like way out of pocket mm-hmm. um but so speaking off your thing they asked our friend not to book me again yeah um they said you know you know he just didn't fit in well he was late all yeah. these other things so as i got older i learned to take that 
criticism and try to figure out how I can make myself better. Mm -hmm. Um, So I haven't had that meeting with our friend yet, but I'm going to have that meeting with our friend and show him what I played Mm -hmm. and see where maybe I could have switched it up. Okay. Um, I didn't see a problem until about 115. I played Narco, which is like a Mets the closing. Timmy Trumpet song, right? Yeah. But it's a Mets closer pitcher song, and they're all Mets. They're all Yankees fans there, so I think that's where the DJ fucking sucks came in, mm-hmm. and so I think that's why they didn't like me, because after that, the vibe in the bar just went. Yeah, I'm not thinking. I'm in my Spanish house bag, and that's yeah. part of my thing. I'm a Phillies friggin' DJ. You yeah. think I want to play a Mets song? But yeah. no, it goes. It's it's 9A. I'm going right out of uh, I'm going right out of Bala Comigo from yeah. Tiesto. It's 8A. So it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's another horn fucking song. So like I do a little horn set. I go to Calabria. I go to all these like horns. I know what you're saying. Yeah, right. yeah. So we have patterns right when we're DJing. So yeah, now when I, when I get those kind of things, I try to figure out how I can make it better because as I get older, I can't be like oh, fuck that place. Yeah, you can't. I want to go back up there eventually and crush it. And yeah. they'll be like, oh, Tonka's dope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tonka really came back. And that's that's wonderful to hear. That's yeah. it's really tough for you to come back from that because I know growing up there have been venues that just didn't invite me back. And yeah. I thought, you know, and that could be multiple things, right? That could be politics, that could be you just didn't do politics, well. And they got, yeah. Unfortunately do, you know, yeah. especially in Philly. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Yeah. You know, and I, I have that I'm going through that struggle right now. We'll talk off camera because yeah. it's about a local place. Yeah, it's okay. But um it took, you know, three months for me to get booked. And yeah. it was just because of a mis- miscommunication. Yeah, and it's as simple as that. It, it And this is another thing, because I, I was going to give you a story, too, not to yeah. just put you on the spot. There was something that was a miscommunication that I had felt like, I I don't want to say is necessarily my fault, or, uh, you know, I'll yeah. always take blame if it is. Um, it's perception at that point. It yeah. doesn't matter whether or not it's true. It's already out in the open. It's the way that you feel, and you have to adjust and understand that, and you do have to let that stuff roll off your back. So I guess, like, again, talking to anybody that's younger or maybe older, I don't know, whatever it might be, it's really tough to swallow that pill sometimes. It is, but, but I think you just, have to. to make, you, you have yeah. to to grow. You do. And then as time goes on, you'll you'll find kind of that link. You know what I mean? All of Everything's relevant that you kind of do. But and granted, I, you know, I have, I'm... I'm very selective, mm-hmm. you know. What I mean, on how I play, I play, yeah. I play the same way everywhere. Yeah, and I think that's one reason a lot of places won't book me because they know that I don't conform. So, like, I know what you mean. Uh, and that, and, and that's also like my, one of my downfalls. Like, mm-hmm. can I play hip hop for four and a half hours? Yes, I've done it. Mm-hmm. Do I like doing it? No, no. Like, who doesn't want to have fun? Yeah, like, yeah. There's fun hip hop records for an hour. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to blow my brains out if I want to yeah. play trap for four hours. That's why I switched from private events, dude. It was right. really t- I just knew that about myself. I'm like, I just don't want to play. And that's no offense that. to people that like doing that. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Because I'm no, doing yeah. a pop punk party now that's four hours long. That's awesome. Do you think I don't listen to pop punk for four hours? I actually do. Yeah. So it's like, and it's something I actually am enjoying doing, and it's actually taken off. So like, I, I have another one coming up at the end of March. First one was a huge success. I think we had like 80 people there. Place holds 75. It's one at stateside, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was it was 80 throughout the night, uh, not at once, which I would love to have it at once. Start somewhere. Yeah, well, that yeah. that's when I can get to another venue and be like, hey, these are the numbers we did. This yeah. is the attendance. Knowing that's important, dude. Yes. Like knowing that information because the so, venue wants to know that information. Right. So uh, I actually have a meeting this week about taking over bookings at a, a venue that uh, we've all played at, at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're having problems you know, with entertainment, mm-hmm. you know? So I was like, I want to come to them and say like, listen, there's a reason why I'm still DJing. Mm-hmm. Like I understand talent. I don't know. I understand how to bring people to a bar. So I'm going to get, give you DJs that play like me that can conform to a wedding that's coming down from upstairs or, you know, 
you need a certain DJ to fill this void for this party. Yeah. I'm going to give you that DJ mm -hmm. where instead of you texting me, be like, Hey, do you know someone that could do this? You just tell me what kind of party you need. And then boom, we're good. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll put that guy in there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's, I think that's like one of my next things is like, I want to get into more kind of like what Smooth's doing. Yeah. You know, cause I feel like that's the natural progression. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like besides this podcast, like, uh, I think I'm, I, by the end of 2023, I want you to hear my name, my voice on the radio somewhere. That's awesome. So that's I think it's a great goal to yeah, have. It's definitely my goal. Having something that feels a little bit unreachable, I think, is great because even if you feel like you come up short, you're much yeah. closer to where you were. I don't even care if it's AM radio. Mine, <laughs> mine, mine now is actually becoming true because next month I'm in a conversation. Currently, we're going to throw a party at Barstool. I'm so incredibly yeah. excited about doing that's that. Your, yeah, you want to announce what it is? Yeah, yeah. It's called Poor Decisions. P O U R Decisions. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I yeah. had submitted. Well, a couple names. Yeah, yeah. I, I submitted a couple of different names. Those that, that was the one that they kind of agree with. You know that Barcelona can tend to be a little bit corporate in that sense. I know but it's not. It wasn't the first time you announced it, but this is a no. It's okay. With Tonka I, no one's been talking about it yet. So talking like you with know, Tonka. Well, people definitely listen to this. So yeah. Like, you know. So, um, but we're gonna throw it on Thursday. Smooth was kind enough to be able to be a collaborator on this. So yeah. it's gonna, you know what I mean. We're gonna have a little bit. You're def. I'm assuming you'll probably be there if you yeah. have the time. Duh. Um, I think just more or less is that we want to throw a party that's a little bit more industry based. Of course, you know that normal industry nights like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday's the void that they had told me that we could be able to fill. So I'm very excited to be a part of that. To do it, to be the first person to do it feels really wonderful. I'd love to be known as the host kind of for it. I'm sure as time kind of progresses or things go out, we'll see how that goes. Um, but like I said, it's probably going to be a collaboration with our group mixed also with hopefully some DJs that I would really like to bring in. I'd like it because I love house music and all that stuff. It might be more eccentric towards that, but we're not limiting it towards that. I'd love okay. to play some Jersey club. I'd love to play some, you know, if dubstep's kind of your thing, I think it's just more or less is like if we have a night and you're the person that's kind of being highlighted, I'd like to open and close for you. If that makes sense to, yeah. for you to be able to be a little bit, and maybe I highlight myself one at one point, I don't think we have really a direction in that sense, but just more or less to get the word out there for people to come in it's going to be an industry night surrounded by people that were not playing the music that you normally hear on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Um, but hopefully it continues to grow. We're getting a logo made and everything now. But I think we're going to start the actual promotion for it now that the Super Bowl has passed. I still can't say it without you know grinning or whatever it might be. I don't think I smiled since that happened. Um, I made you smile that night, I think. I appreciate Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate we were, Me and Kurt both worked at Barstool that day. That was really a really rough time but um with all that being said yeah no it's gonna be man i'm man, it's been the one thing since i started that i wanted to do and for it to actually be here feels like it's coming full circle so i love that for you hopefully obviously like i would really like it to go off and i like i've just been person to person trying to be like hey please take off this day hey please come to this day but now that it's kind I'll of coming out i'm not working you, i appreciate that yeah. but that i think that means more to me than yeah once you know the date you know i mean i'll obviously march block 16th. it off oh yeah yeah Let me, hold on wait <laughs> thursday march oh, 16th man. remind it's me the when we day, get off. it's the day um that barstool technically opens so in technicality it's like their one year i'm sure they'll have a one-year anniversary party at some point yeah but it's also the start of march madness so i'm sure it'll be absolute chaos yeah we have already reached out to i think we already sold most of the bottles and everything of that nature so i'm hoping to get some creative control over it whether or not it happens i'm sure that you know i'll have to play a little give and take but it's just great to know that like that's I your had, party yeah that's i think 
to this has been the one thing that I've wanted so much for the longest time that yeah. I never thought I would actually get to that we're here. So like I said, whether or not it flops and whatever it might be, it's it's great just to get some type of confirmation from them because I feel like I've been working on it for months at this point. Yeah, so for it's, sure. You know, it's hopefully it goes really well. Yeah, I you know I wish you the best of luck. You know, starting a party like you know I you know I've been DJing stateside once a month, but yeah. it was my idea to start this pop punk party and like it's very out of my realm. Yeah, and so this is this is a party that I'm trying to make successful. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of. When's your second one? Are you having one? March 31st. Nice. So, yeah, it's a, it's well, a, I'm glad it's not on March 16th. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it has to be a Friday or Saturday, so you lucked That's out. Cool. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> but if you want me to throw a pop punk set, I'll do it for you. I think that would be something that would be like, you know, because we're going to try and do like once a month or once every other month. I would like for people to plan around it versus just thinking that they're going to, they could just make the next one, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think doing it far enough in advance, like how you're doing it now, right. planning around it is probably really great. I think great. once a month is a, is, a, is a good thing for me, mm-hmm. uh, especially with Stateside, because they want the theme to change every month. So That's like I'm great. Do, I'm doing yeah. 90s this Friday. That's cool. All 90s, you know yeah. what I mean? But the pop punk one is something I'm really trying to drive home yeah. because I want to I want to try to bring it to Seattle. I want to try to do all I these think things. not giving up on that is going to be your biggest feature. Like that's going to yeah. be the part you're like, no, we want to do a pop punk. No, we want to do a pop punk. You'll get no. Like no. Wicked Wolf wants to do one. And I was like, dope. That's a great idea. Yeah, let's Because they it. just did a 90s party on Sunday. No, they the pop punk party. No, I know that. But what yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah, is yeah, like yeah. they're okay with the theme. So I yeah, think yeah. more or less is that would be a really great one, especially if you already have an idea of what. Yeah, and I know a lot of people, you know, you know, they think theme nights are corny whatever but you know when i the reaction i got like people that i never thought would come to a gig like that yeah they were coming out they were screaming they were singing like yeah people i would never have known yeah right so it's 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 amazing what you find out about people i think maybe the industry feels that way but i don't think people themselves who really want that kind of feel that way yeah because the emo night was like really big here too like yeah yeah so So, that's why i'm trying to strike now because there's only one party going on and it's a traveling one yeah um, so like I'm, you know, you know, my buddy Tommy G, he was in the starting line, all mm-hmm. these things. So I'm trying to get him involved where eventually he's playing the drums with me again, along with these songs. That's super cool. Yeah. No one's doing that. Yeah. No one. I remember so, like you guys used to do it at Magic, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I, yeah, I remember yeah. that we, being a We thing. were like the OG mm-hmm. and then, you know, him and Dale, he took a thing and then him and Reed, he was kind of like a, the Greyhound bus of drummers at one point, but <laughs> <laughs> he just gets around. But, um, yeah, me and him had a fall out. It was like a whole thing, but yeah. we're good now. Don't need to go. Yeah. We only got to go. Yeah. There's, we only got we only got an hour. Uh, so, um, what's your second question for me, bud? Uh, good question because I only thought of the first question. Well, God damn it, way over here. Um, let's. Let, I I guess we doesn't have to be DJ. Really. No, I. Just, you know what? I wanted to actually commend you on. Maybe it's not much of a question, but if you want to go into it, it's just your health overall. Because oh, I know that you. when we had first met, you were very frustrated about the way that you felt about it. Yeah. But not only have you done it, you've kept it off, which is definitely something that I have struggled with as time was mm-hmm. going on. But I think just maybe if you want to talk about that journey about everything, and I'm sure you probably already had done so, but maybe just more or less on the retrospect. Yeah, and side case of people things. didn't listen. Yeah. I think it was uh, episode. Let's see, I had Nelly on. Uh, I think it was episode six with my friend uh, Johnny Gaines. He mm-hmm. owns Philly Gaines. He owns a gym. Like, yeah, I met him when I started my yeah. fitness journey. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean? six years ago. Yeah, I was with you the last Seven time you ago. had a cheat meal, and you yeah, were like, yeah. This is the and first. my first cheat meal was yeah. with you. Yeah, no, the well, actually, house. the Mountain House was my first cheat meal. Oh, well, I remember the first time we were in Penrose Diner. You asked for a cheesesteak, no roll. 
And I was like, oh, you going to really do this? And you were like, yeah, this is what I'm like doing. It was like the first time you were fully committed. Oh, to yeah. Doing that it. was my you first I mean? keto meal with you. My first yes. cheat meal was when we were in the Poconos. Oh, wow. I was I, there for both. Yeah, you were there yeah, for both. You were yeah. there for both milestones. <laughs> I had to leave the mountains early because I was so sick. Yeah. Because I ate so much. Is that what it was? Is like your body goes into ketosis and doesn't know how to respond or whatever yeah, so, it might be? Yeah. So, you know, I, my body has adapted to it now. Like I mm-hmm. cheated last night because I was so drunk at that mm-hmm. barstool party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was sober, um, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I commend you, man, because the yeah. shots were flowing. Yeah. Uh, but, Everything was free. That's yeah, their pizza was downstairs. <laughs> yeah. so I, I had yeah. two slices of pizza, like three mm-hmm. mozzarella sticks. And I was like, gosh, shit. Yeah. I left and went to Wawa. I have mm-hmm. no self-control when I, once I start. That's okay. I, and, and that's that's, that's yeah. something I still deal mm-hmm. with now as six years in. Uh, mm-hmm. Because in the beginning, I, if you remember, I was super strict. You guys would ice me. I would pour it out. Yeah. Like, because I wouldn't. No, I understand. It. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate you like bringing that up because people, you know, I know people don't listen to every episode. So yeah. Um, I'm actually trying to get off keto now um, and try and go to a more yeah more sustainable because like, like I think it, now that I'm like six years in I'm be th- thirty I'm thirty I'll be forty this year mm-hmm. like going out now I just don't feel like doing keto I, I just don't you mean. feel like doing it like I don't feel mm-hmm. like going to a restaurant like I say no to going out to eat and, I would say six years in you've done it you know yeah, what I like, mean I, like, I know, yeah. it's time to try something new yeah, right so yeah. like you know nine and everybody kind of gets mad at me sometimes they're like. Yo, you never come out and go to dinner with us, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I really can't. I was like, it's, yeah. a, it's a waste of money for me. Yeah. Like, I'm going to eat a burger with no bun. I can't have the fries. Mm-hmm. And who the hell wants to eat broccoli when you're out to dinner? Like, yeah. That's something I have to struggle with. So you're basically home. just eating a patty yeah. when you're out with it. Paying everybody. $13, $14. Like, yeah. nah, fam. Gotcha. nah, fam. I'm good. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think as I get older, I think I have to find a way to sustain like what I'm doing now. So like during my bulking phase, like I'm up to like – I think I'm like 216 right now, uh, but it's a different 216. Like, yeah, I'm like a, a, like I'm not I'm not muscular, I, I, but it's it's definitely muscle weight 216, not just fat. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. I when I started this shit, I was 239, mm-hmm. and I got to like 174, 180. Yeah, you probably fluctuated. super uncomfortable at that point, right? Like, so yeah, so now being 211, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shit, I'm fat, but I'm not. Yeah, I know. What but you I mean. see that scale, I remember. I'm like, oh shit, I'm. I'm a whale, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm doing keto now just to like kind of knock the water weight down. Mm-hmm. And then I'm working with a nutritionist. She knows how I eat. She knows all these things. So, so they're going to put you on a plan. To She's going to put me on a plan to implement carbs safely okay. so my body can slowly adapt. It's like, like I'm eating sick. So like, yeah, yeah. So like I get, I'm kind of don't get sick anymore. Um, I, I, I get tired <laughs> actually yeah. and I get sweaty. I get so hot. Oh, wow. Like it, it it's it's a very weird feeling, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I have carbs. I get like the tingles and stuff, kind of like I'm on pre workout, and like I start getting hot. Okay, it's really weird because oh. my body's like trying to trying to figure out how what to do with it. I know it's what like you mean. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You know, so your yeah. body just heats up because it's mm-hmm. working like overtime. Yeah, because like it's trying to like keep my glycan my um my insulin response to come back down. It doesn't yeah. know how to do it, so my liver is working overtime. All these things, right? Got it. I know I'm getting nerdy, but no, it's okay. Um, so now this nutritionist I know, uh, shout out to my friend Danielle. I know she she listens once in a while. I, you know I haven't dived completely in with her yet, but I've told her I was like, this is this is what I want to do. I'm eating 20 grams a day now. Let me get to 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. So let me lose this 13, 14 yeah, 12, pounds, whatever. Pounds. Yeah, let me get rid of this water weight because I know the first 10 pounds is always going to be water weight for me. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is with everybody. Yeah. You know. So I was like, when I get there. Let's bump it from 20 to 50 grams a day, mm-hmm. and then I'll do that for three weeks. And then after that three weeks, push that to 100, and then I'll push that to a sustainable 
carb Regular. intake. Yeah. So if I have down the shore this summer, if I have like a Wawa hoagie, I'm not going to die the next yeah, day. I know what you mean. You know what I mean? So yeah, because eating a hoagie for you or me might be completely different. Yeah, the, like, yeah. yeah, so I'll be bloated. I'll look, I'll like, I'll have, my face will bloat up. It's looks, it's just a bad look I thought just meant from like a sickness perspective. Like, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? So yeah. like, you know, I get, I get hung over, but it's a carb hangover. So it's like, you, you know, yeah. stomach pains. I feel like it's a bowling ball on my stomach. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a hard thing. So my body is not used to carbs, so it doesn't know what to do with it. Process it's super weird. Right. Yeah. So to answer your question and, you know, thank you for, you know, uh, bringing that up. Uh, I am coming off keto. It is, you know, I've said that for the last couple of weeks now. You're quitting. Yeah, I'm quitting. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to, I'm going to try to eat a more, you know, a sustainable lifestyle. Okay. Yeah. That's nothing wrong with that. I can eat clean. I can eat clean six days a week and then eat whatever the hell I want on the seventh day. I know what you you mean. I I want to get to that point because I know, you know, you being a father, you can answer this question. Is it hard for you um, to stick to anything like that because you have your son eating chicken nuggets in front of you? A hundred percent. Well, it's not that as much as it is, is that you always want to be around them and with them and you can, you you yourself can eat clean, but I also have a pregnant fiance right now who loves... The same way I do pizza, cheesesteaks, and all of that stuff. I think being, honestly, it's it's self-commitment. I could totally, because I've done it before, just like eat clean. It's always kind of a struggle because you want to indulge with them, if that makes sense. It's kind of frustrating when I'm eating fish and a salad, and I feel as if you know they're like, hey, can we get an appetizer together? You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like yeah, it's more yeah, of a, yeah, yeah. It's not as much of a like they're forcing me to eat pizza. It's more or less of a family thing. Like, and of course, I could obviously eliminate that. But it's you know, at the time it was like the holidays and the last right. three or four months is so kind of like. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, you know, you're you basically just stated what what I'm trying to like um, go towards. Yeah. You know, is I want to be able to say yes to that. I know what you mean. Yeah. You know exactly. I mean? yeah. So like how you want to say yes to having an appetizer with your family, but mm-hmm. you're worried about eating clean but exactly. you're, like, you're gonna selling no to that. them feels really weird right exactly yeah yeah so mm-hmm. like that's the part of my life i really want to get to but yeah um i'm just gonna switch gears real quick i had montone on uh episode two four or five no i, I want to say it was like two or three okay sorry um I'm, it's, it's just it's like all one big fog now who okay. i've had on but <laughs> yeah. um so i had him on i asked him this question mm-hmm. uh everyone thinks you can't you can't live a full-time dj and have um, a home life that's crazy you know, yep. yeah you mm-hmm. know wife kids so if you can give any in you know uh insight and perspective on an upcoming dj that's afraid to make that leap because they are like a new father or yeah. anything um or mother at this point because we, we have a lot of girl djs yeah, yeah. in the industry you know I, yeah. ha- I have freezy coming on at the end of march um so if you can give any advice and insight to that to someone listening that's struggling with that whether it just be djing or following their dreams in another aspect yeah, whatever it is yeah. yeah it doesn't have to be DJing yeah, yeah. related so, how strong is your willpower people are going to tell you no all the time i mean when i started djing they're like you can't do it it's not a full-time job it's not a real job it's not like as going up it was just like you can't do this with a family you can't do this with blah 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 and every time i keep going along it's just like i just don't listen to that I know in my heart, like in my heart, I was like, nothing's going to stop me from you. Could, there's nothing you can really throw at me with the exception of like some being like, you'll actually die if you keep doing this or something of that nature. There's nothing you could throw at me that would make me stop. I know that I love this. In fact, I just started doing Ableton classes to be able to make my own music. I don't know how long it's going to take for that to 
actually translate, but it's really, if if anything, at any point, you're like, I'm really not feeling this, or, and you talk yourself out of it, that's where you're going to lose. So the idea is not what's really in your way. It's just can you continue to go through what you're going through and get past that part of your life right. until you can get to the next step. And, you know, there's definitely ups and downs, I would say, certainly with us together. Yeah. Our group's doing really well. We're playing, like, music that we want to get to. We're going to – who knows how long we stay up, hopefully forever. But at the same time, if it goes back down, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to suffer. Maybe I feel like, oh, man, we're not doing what we – like, this, that, the other thing. I know I'll get back up there. So I think just more or less is having the strength to know that you can get in and out of I mean, COVID was a perfect example of that. Like, you know what I mean? We were all looking for jobs. Like, we weren't yeah. doing any of that stuff. So I think just more or less is how mentally strong can you be through all of that no, 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 no from your parents, from your family, from your this, that, the other thing. Now everyone kind of supports me. But there were years where I had to push through that. And I, still I think hear that, it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It just, like, kind of like, uh, I don't know if you know, but like, we're doing it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? We're like, doing it. <laughs> yeah. People are always going to feel that way about you, whether you have a family or whatever. And I think venues are really like that too. It's like some people don't want to post their girlfriend or their this, that, the other thing. I post my son all the time. I post my girl all the time. Like, I am not afraid to just be who I am. So be who you are. I think that's what a lot of people love about you. What's that? Is you yourself all the time. Oh, yeah. It's, well, I mean, that's also probably a negative in some aspects of the way too. But thank you, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, you're it's, fully transparent. It feels so nice to be, dude. You deserve it to yourself. There's going to be some weird periods where you got to be honest, and it's going to feel awkward or whatever. But the moment you can be like, I'm not lying about anything. I'm just who I am, and my friends are my friends. Or like, it just feels so free, you know, freeing. Maybe that's not for everybody, but it's. I would tell you, like, it's worth it to give it a goddamn shot. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you so if you're listening to this and you you know you're a new father but you have a dream, don't stop it. Don't don't ever whatever don't that is. No, if it's putting Legos together, like become the Lego man. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, find your way to be able to incorporate that with your family or your friends or somebody that believes in you. You know, you got to have those people too. Like having you tell me one nice thing keeps me going. So yeah, like find yeah. those, get away from the people that are the knowers or the naysayers or whatever it might be and find more people that, you know, Smooth comes up to me all the time, shout out to him. He's like, dude, you're doing a great job. Just that the other thing. And I'm sure he does that to you as well or maybe, you know, from whoever yeah, you yeah, get yeah. it. Like, it means the world sometimes aside from just getting paid to get it from him or for somebody and, else. That and that's what it. I yep. think I like about um, this kind of like little group that we're in. Oh, now, yeah, dude. Because you know, it, I was... Uh, <sighs> I, you know, uh, yeah, it's a really, uh, you don't have to say names, but I know what you're going to be like, how you're approaching, whatever you're about. Right. To say. So yeah. on Sunday, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you were, you were coming to relieve me at our party that we were doing. Oh, that um, was a lot of fun. Yeah. Cause I had just got done like seven hours. Shit yeah. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. You bailed me out yeah. man, because, yeah. uh, I didn't want to go back on, uh, for some, you know, reasons I don't feel like. Uh, yeah. No, it's okay. So we're at a party where it is hip hop oriented. That's yeah. just what it is, mm -hmm. and I, I'm like I said, I'm comfortable playing hip hop. Yeah, always have been. Yeah, but you know, um, the person before me played a lot of the hit records, so I'm like freaking out. Like, mm -hmm. what the hell am I left to play? So I'm mm -hmm. like going in my 2000s bag. I'm like word playing, money songs with stuff. Like, really. By the way, I didn't hear any of that. Yeah, so well, I'm I just really racking in. my brain. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm playing my reggae mm -hmm. wordplay. I'm doing all these things, and yeah. the crowd's okay. They're kind of feeling it. And then when I was done, smooth. Well, what were you worried about? I was like, well, 
like I had to use my brain. That's what I was worried about. Yeah. My brain doesn't always work. Yeah. So, I'm six or seven hours and we played pretty much everything. I've been here since 10 it's yeah. like, or 1230. I'm tired. Like, yeah. I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. So like just him, you know, and the people that were there, you know, shout out to like my, you know, Grizz and Erica and all these people that come to see me and they were like, yeah, that was a great set. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, you sounded great. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, and that, and that's what keeps me going. hundred percent. And it woke, kind of woke me up. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were like, yeah, you, the set was great. I have actually ha never heard you play that many. I think Erica came up to me at one point and do you know, you know, smooth friend. I do. Erica. Yes. Yeah. She came up to me at one point. She saw me struggling. She goes, I never heard you play hip hop this much in a row. She's like, you're killing it. Yeah. And you know, Grizz would say the same thing and all these people. And I was like, yo, the, that's kind of what I need at that point. Yep. Because I see they, so, that it's, it's so funny because people see me happy and all the time and like mm -hmm. having a good time. When they see that dip, yeah, they're like, "Oh shit, Eric needs some reassurance." <laughs> yeah, dude. If you and I'll tell you what, you probably get a lot more when you give it out yourself. So if I come up to you, I'm like, "Dude, you smashed it." Yeah, you're more likely to come do that for me when maybe I need it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. I think just doing that for, but that's who I am. Like that, and that's another thing. You've maybe always it, been like that. Maybe yeah. that just works for me because that's who I am. And now we're in this where it's a little emphasized. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because sure. when we came in, I remember like when we were going to see these people, it was not like that. It yeah. was like, you know what I mean? It was like everybody was like kind of to themselves. It was egotistical. Like, but I was still like, okay, I'll just smile and be nice. But I knew how to be friendly. So yeah. I feel like I kind of got accepted because it wasn't more or less. I was just neutral about being like, I like this guy. I like this guy. I like that guy. You know what I mean? I, I was just at the time trying to meet people. So yeah. I think just more or less is like emphasize whatever you're good at. You know, triple down on that and just be like, you know, punt everything else. Just try yeah. and be the better version of whatever that is. That's what I'm doing. And then, fam. You know, this is what episode seven mm -hmm. and people, yeah, you they love hearing my voice. They're like, you have the voice for radio. Dude, I would have quit maybe by now. Yeah. <laughs> like you're telling me video editing and this, that, the other thing. And I, I'm like four episodes. You're the now fourth episode that I'm going to be behind on putting on YouTube. But, yeah, but the audio great. is always out Thursdays, 8 p.m. Uh, but the video I'm still struggling with, man. Yeah. I can't. I can't. It you know uh, my, I'm editing Montones now in 1080, so it's going a little slow. It got a little easier. I was editing in 4K like an idiot. Um, so I've I've cleared up that issue. So 1080 is moving a lot smoother. So I should. I really need to lock myself in this room for like two days and get all the editing done. Yeah. Um, so I, once I'm caught up, I'm gonna be try to get on a schedule. Yeah. You know, but we were so busy with like. Whoever can start a studio and start editing the podcast for us, reach out to us. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, Because the last thing yeah. I want to do after three gigs is stare at this computer screen. Oh, 100%. And there's no way that it's easy because Kev told me, he was like, I'll get it done by this, that. The other thing, I'm like, dog, we talk for like three hours. Like, I don't know how you're going to chop that up. You know what I mean? I could only yeah, imagine he, the work he, and effort if that you, takes If you to get notice, I kind of have a bone to pick with Kev. Oh, uh oh. My episode was only 45 minutes. Everybody else's was an hour. So he Ooh. cut out fi at least 15 minutes. Maybe he put the stuff. other 15 at the end of my episode. Or yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, or you know, maybe I you know said something he didn't like or something. Um, that's one thing about my pockets. It's uncut. Oh, I okay. post it. Whatever. Just the way that it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I like that about that. That's the reason why I DJ when I just when I DJ, I just hit record. So when other people are like, you know, Ableton, this, that, the other, I'm like, nope, you hear all my mistakes. Everything that I make, like, it feels much more natural. Because if I go out and make a mistake, people and people tell me this or have told me this in the past, they're like the venues don't want to hear mistakes. I'm like, well, that's not who I am. I'm going to make mistakes at some point. So if I make a mistake, I don't feel uncomfortable because I naturally, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like everyone who tries really hard to be perfect, if you are perfect, I mean, great. But I just know that at some point, 
somebody will knock into my thing or I have a drink or I'm yeah, talking. Yeah. Somebody's like, yeah, you're doing great. And I'm like, you know what I mean? Like I DJ, that. you yeah. know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I think it just feels a lot more natural. But if I am clean, then you know that it's genuinely me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, it's funny that you know yesterday when you mentioned you're taking an Ableton class, I have a gift for you before you leave. Uh-oh. It's a good gift. It'll oh, okay. Help, it'll, right, help you, cool. it'll help you with your music production. You, Thank you. Uh, you know, hopefully you don't have it already. I'm hopefully not going to say what it is. Hopefully it's a ghost producer. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's my cat vinyl. He's gonna show you how to make some beats. Uh, but I feel like this is a good good spot, kind of to wrap it up. Uh, so I want to thank you for having me. Yeah, you, know, uh, you have me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, in the beginning, you were making. Thank you. you. This is my house. I appreciate your house. <laughs> yeah, I'm here in your house. Welcome, yeah. Um, so uh, for everyone listening, thank you for uh, being a faithful listener. So you know, seven seven episodes in. Uh, I'm I would actually I'm gonna announce it now. It's, if you have made it this far in the podcast, uh, I want you to. Uh, shout us, uh, you know, sh- shoot us a, um, a like or um, a DM on Instagram at, talk- at Talking with Tonka. I'll put it on the bottom of the screen for the people on YouTube and Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It'll be in the description. We will be recording our 10th episode live at Wicked Wolf on oh, March 14th. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be our first live show. Uh, there's going to be an audience. That's sweet. Yes, it's going to be crazy. So if you can make it, it's a Tuesday That's, night. Yeah. So I hope you can make it. My uh, yeah, right. Chance, so it's yeah. the first live taping. They agreed to it yesterday. Uh, last, Are you allowed last to say Thursday. who you're having? Or? Uh, yeah, it's going to be nine and smooth because I Don't. figure nine plus one is ten. That's so I know Fair it's enough. kind of a dorky thing, but That's um, whatever. <laughs> you know, you know, nine's my best friend. So he's my, yeah, you know, he's he's actually uh, another one of my best friends. I know you can only have one best friend, but are you going to um, like have people come? Like, to yeah. Be able so to what enjoy? I want to actually, yeah. If you made this far in the podcast, this yeah. is a, this is a uh, this is an exclusive. But I'm going to have a crowd there, and I'm going to have a couple people walking around with clipboards to write down questions, right? Okay. So I'm going to have the people like a Q and A type thing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm going to re- that sounds really awesome, right? Yeah. So I'm going to record I'm going to record the actual show for like 45 minutes, and then for the next half hour, 45 minutes. So this episode is going to be a lot longer. Okay. Uh, but I might break it into like part one. Part I know what two. you mean. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like, Give everyone I, a break for a second. Right, so yeah. So I'll do like an actual talking one, and then I'll be like, "Yo, stay tuned." Yeah, you know, the link is in the bio for you know part two, and then part two will be maybe the people in the audience want to know more about us. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. About me and Nine, uh, how we met, or if they didn't listen to the podcast, like stuff I give you saying. Smooth, yeah, that's like really that. awesome. I like that. So idea. the people I have with the clipboards, they're going to kind of like go through the questions too. I'm not going to re- answer everyone. That'd be impossible. It's probably better just to have them be, you know deviate through the questions and be like hey this is from so and so this like, is interesting yeah, 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 yeah. exactly so I'm gonna have yeah. a, the people write their names their question because so, somebody will just be like show me blah 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 or something stupid like yeah, you, know, yeah, you don't want yeah, that to yeah. be recorded Take your shirt so. off. yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. you don't yeah. want none of that yeah. uh so yeah it's gonna be cool man it's gonna be something um i'm building kind of like a little rip mobile rig for this and the mics um you know the, to travel with it and everything cool. so it's gonna be it's gonna be an experience. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah so. no, I think that's really fun. Actually, I really enjoy that. I hope you do that more often. Yeah. I feel so like that would be- uh, for guests that are allergic to cats, that's the plan. Okay. Is to do them remote. Got it. Um, whether it's at a venue, but cool. Wicked Wolf said I can record there on Tuesdays, so they already said, they already said I could. I, I would said, love to be a part of one if yeah. you decide to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know I, what I mean? Get um, a guest that you already we actually, haven't had. Um, we actually talked about uh, with a couple people season two. Uh, season two will. And I think I, I haven't decided when how many episodes season one is going to be. Yeah, um, it'll probably be after summer, probably like September, October. Okay, you know, season two will start, and then I'm going to bring back guests 
that I've had on, they're going to co-host the show with me talking to somebody else. Nice. So you can be you you can host awesome. the show, Kurt. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have some cool ideas, uh, but definitely the on I definitely I think that's a a better way also to get more people interested in what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, it, you know, they'll be like, Oh, he's recording a podcast live. Like yeah. he wants to watch that. And they come because they were like, what the hell is this? Yeah. You know what I mean, I think that's cool. Yeah. So that's something I want to, I definitely want to do, but, uh, thank you for listening and talk with Tonka episode seven with my buddy, Kurt. So on the bottom of your screen on YouTube, you'll see at Talking with Tonka, all one word. That's the show's Instagram. I am DJ Tonka underscore. Kurt is courtesy. K-U-R-T-E-O-U-S-Y. Can yep. I buy it, Val? I'll put, yeah, I'll, yeah, put that right <laughs> underneath him right yeah. there. Thank everybody for tuning in. Please bear with me with the YouTube videos. Don't uh, kill me in the comments. I'm trying my best. You can crush me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I know, I'm getting crushed. But uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. And Kurt, thanks for uh, finding my Thanks house. for having me, dog. No problem. See ya. Peace.